Good morning and welcome to Flat Out Recovery. Morning, Lauren. Ah, oh, good morning. And morning, okay. Owen. This is slightly different from what we usually do. Well, in the fact that I actually have a lady in the room, which we haven't had for a while. We've also got a mother and son, which is not the usual for us. We haven't done this for a while either. And we're actually going to talk about them next door, because in the office next door to mine, there is a rehab company. So, Lauren, how did you start off with UK Detox? How did you get there? Oh, how did I start with UK Detox? So actually, I was a client of UK Detox four years ago. Right. Well, just over four years ago, actually. So my colleague and friend actually came down to Paul, where I'm from, to That's do my a long assessment. Way away. It yeah. is a long way away, yeah. So all three and a half hours of it, Richard. Yeah. So we actually came down and did my assessment down there just over four years ago now. And at that point, I was not in a good way at all when it came to my addiction. You know, and the man that came down to see me gave me a lot of hope and direction moving forwards and having been lost for some time it was the olive branch that I needed actually you know so a few days after that I made the break and I came up to one of the services in Birmingham and he brokered that for you effectively he did, yeah. yeah so he looked at what would be in my best interest what was it I needed and I ended up going to somewhere over in Warsaw for six months so the actual journey is the thing that UK Detox does anyway, isn't it? Yeah. It's finding the right journey for the people that you deal with. Absolutely. And those people can come from anywhere. Yeah. Because if you've come from all the way down there, then the next one might be coming from Dumfries, I suppose. Yeah. And that has been the case, you know, and as it's turned out, I actually work for UK Detox now and have done for three years. It's often the case, isn't it? That rehab services often include people working for them who've been through the system. Yeah. And it's something that people often say, I never expected to do this. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't yeah. my life plans age 15, <laughs> what my son is now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny where you end up, Richard, isn't it? Yeah, we don't make that life plan, do we? We no. don't actually sit there with the careers advisor when we're 13. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to build up a career, a house, a family or whatever, all of it. And then I want to fuck it all up. Yeah. And I want to end up in a room on my own drinking white frightening at five o'clock in the morning yeah. yeah that's what i really want no that's not what we do at all is it so when we actually go into rehab whatever form that takes we don't necessarily envisage ourselves working for the rehab afterwards no <laughs> and actually i only came up here for three months initially but it was working with other individuals in recovery that held my hand through that process so to speak haven't had a history of relapse i need to do something extremely different and it's worked for me mm. richard I thoroughly enjoy the job I do now, helping other people to get to that point also, because it's not easy, is it, as you know? No. And it's new. There is no quick fix. And it's a minefield for people who know they need rehab, but don't know where to look, because Googling it is just confusing. Yeah, very. And like a lot of things in the world we now live, everything gets fudged and confused by advertising as soon as you go on the search engine. And there's no way of knowing, what am I looking for? What's going to be best for me? What do I have to keep in mind when I'm going through this process? How long is it going to take? What's it going to cost? All that stuff is questions you can't really cope with when you're at the end of your tether. Mm. And what you really want is for someone to facilitate that. Yeah, and that's why we come in. Yeah, and that's what rehabs do, isn't it? Mm. And also, I suppose it enables you to deal with people who are right at the bottom of. Yeah. Because that's the people we often miss. Yeah. Because they see 
having looked at it, they see one or two rehabs that cost a fortune and think, oh, well, I'll be able to do that anyway. Yeah, and you're paying an extortionate amount for a very similar service. Yeah, and not everything does cost a fortune, does it? No. I think it's important we make that point. Yeah. I mean, we say it on this show every week, but not everything costs an arm and a leg. No, it doesn't, you know, and I pride myself on working with cost-effective rehabs, which are primarily in the Birmingham area. Ah, I thought that was the case, but I've yes. never actually looked at the other <laughs> cities to compare it. It is the case. So having worked alongside various different providers up and down the country, there's three services in particular in Birmingham that come in at the most cost-effective. And not only that at UK Detox, we also do a lot of aftercare with our clients. Yes, I was going to ask you about that, because mm. I know you do, but I don't know what form it takes. I place great emphasis on that when I work with my clients. It's not just about your detox and it's your rehabilitation, it's what's life going to look like post-rehab. And is that if they go back home, wherever home is? Oh. So we can signpost them to services in the local area. Right. You know, but because we are Birmingham-based, we do get a lot of business which is in the Birmingham area. So we also provide aftercare groups, counselling, psychotherapy, life coaching, an introduction to mutual aid. Because as you know yourself, Richard, it's not it's recovery maintenance, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely, and you have to find your own way with it, but also you need a bit of guidance. Yeah. And I would imagine, you can shoot me down the flames if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that finding support structures post-rehab is a lot easier than finding rehab. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's more a question of whether the person sticks to it then, isn't it? Yeah. And that's with, the hard part. With rehab, okay, there's one big, huge decision, one big, very difficult decision, which is, am I going to do it? Okay, I'm doing it and I'm staying. And that's the biggie. Once you've done that, you're there. Yeah, you are. But with that as well, you're also provided with structure, aren't you, throughout. Yeah. So you go into a service and you're given a daily routine that you stick to from anywhere from one week to six months. Yeah. So all of your needs are catered for when you're in that controlled environment. Yeah. Which is, like I said earlier, I like to place great emphasis on this is what needs to be continued when we leave a service. What are we going to include in your daily life that's going to work for you, that's going to help you to sustain your recovery? I think it's vital that because doing what I do, I see literally thousands of people I have seen coming through, reaching the point post-rehab, and then they tail off within six, 12 months. Yeah. And it happens again and again and again. We like routine, but we find it hard to stick to at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done it now. I've got it boxed. I know yeah. how to live life. You know? And then you walk out that door and you actually find it somewhat different to that. And that was my experience for quite some time mm. down in my home area. For me, it was a geographical change. And that's what worked for me. It doesn't yeah. work for everybody, but you need to find what works for you. And if, if something doesn't work, then you find what does. Because also... I suppose whether you go to a new place for rehab treatment and you stay there or whether you go there and then come back home, not only is the world different for you when you're clean and sober, it's also different for everyone around you. Yeah. And of course, I can't see myself and what I get from people I know over time is what they're seeing from me mm. as well as what I see. Mm. Because the whole world opens up as something new, really, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. When you're not And other people face. see what we can't a lot of the time. Yes, absolutely. And we make our amends to our family and loved ones by staying in recovery. Oh, absolutely. No question. Because, to my mind, it would actually be prohibitive to go through an entire list of everything I ever did wrong and try and amend every single offence. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah. It's more that I've got to do this now and I'm doing this for them if I stay sober, and then that's actually my way. 
It's, it's action, isn't it? What's what people do, not what they say. It's all in people's behaviour, isn't it? So this week's been a little bit different for me. Well, as that's what I was just about to come to. Yeah. What's it like doing work experience with your mum? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just anyway with your mum. Well, I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. It's very different. It's been tiring because obviously I'm used to school weeks. So yeah. doing work is like a bit different routine. But no, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. I've been to different rehabs this week. I've been in groups, which has sort of talked through different behaviours. So I've got to learn that. I've been in an NA meeting, so... Well, I think it's been really good for you to sort of understand the story behind the individual as well and the struggles that people have when it comes to addiction and alcoholism. Yeah. It's been a bit of an eye-opener for you, hasn't it? Yeah. I would think it's probably given you an insight that you wouldn't have got any no, other no. way. No, not at all. Because obviously I have been exposed to it, but I haven't yeah. actually known the ins and outs. You've been witness to all of it yeah. now, haven't you? Yeah. I think what often happens, I know from feedback I've heard from families before, is that all you know is they've gone to rehab and then they come out of rehab. Don't feel fulfilled in like knowing what's actually happened. Well, you've seen the process that's yeah. involved now, haven't you? Yeah, which is far better than just this, okay, either they're clean and sober or they're not. Yeah. But we don't actually know any more about how to deal with this no, than we did before. Details and everything. Yeah, and I think what's been so rewarding, if you look from the outside in, is there was a time, I had a conversation with somebody about this the other day, there was a time, it must have been around five years ago now, so we went right through the ringer with it, Richard, when it came to my addiction, mm -hmm. my family, my son, and there was a time when we used to see each other in a contact centre. Right. With social services involved, I found it extremely difficult to accept any support when it came to my addiction. And I found all the feelings involved with it extremely hard to contend mm. with. Which is why it sort of worked for me coming out of the area, because I was able to leave it all behind for a certain amount of time, deal with it, and then move on. But I couldn't do it down there. But there was a time when we were social services and a contact centre, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, there was. So now, it's like we've done a 360 with that. Because actually now I'm responsible and trusted. We've got a very good relationship now, haven't we? Yeah, we do. We went to Egypt a couple of months ago, just us two. Yeah, that was lovely, that was. was, wasn't it? Yeah. Went across to the pyramids, didn't we? Mm, went yeah. on a camel across the desert, went deep sea diving at the coral reef. And we've actually just booked to do a skydive at the end of September, just Bloody us hell. two, for a yeah. 16th birthday. So anything's possible when you stay in recovery, that's exactly. all I'm trying to say. Also, yeah. you can remember where you've been and what you've done. I can remember exactly. exactly where I've been, Richard, which is even better. There was a time when all of this just seemed so far out of reach, and it was. Yeah, it's so surreal, isn't it? Cause yeah. Because you go from having nothing, and then to now, it's sort of like normal to have things. Yeah. So we get to go places and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest things you get back Yeah. is people. Yeah. We don't get everyone back, some of us, and there are people that don't get much back in terms of people, but it's that re-engagement with this world that yeah. we've been disengaged from. And I do keep saying it, but I, I still think it needs more focus, is that on the one hand there needs to be a better understanding and degree of insight for families of addicts and alcoholics. Mm. But also there needs to be something out there that helps them cope with what they have to cope with. And I've been on the other side of the fence when it's come to just close friends being in recovery. Yeah. And that's really affected me. I mean, it's difficult. Emotionally, very, very difficult, all of that. 
So goodness knows what my family actually went through with it being their daughter, loved one, mother. Yeah. How different does she look now to the way oh, she used to look? Oh, this is ridiculous. Another person. You would not recognise her now. If you showed me a photo of what she looked like before and right now, you wouldn't think of two different people. It's amazing what the transformation's actually done. You is that in every respect, the transformation? Oh, yeah, in terms of like personality as well. But it's mental what a rehab can actually do for you. Because yeah. you can go from having absolutely nothing and being at your last wits to then living what you call a normal life and having your family back. Yeah. And while I think there is for families and spouses and parents and siblings, whatever, there's a period of uncertainty. Of course, yeah. When the person is <laughs> first cleaned up and sobered up. Well, most there's of the time, that period Richard, of they've heard it all before, haven't but, they? But yeah. gradually it disappears, doesn't yeah, exactly, it? exactly, yeah. And over the years it does disappear. Yeah. Because you stop thinking, oh, this could all go wrong again, because you only focus on what's going right. Mm. Yeah, once it gets to a certain period of time, you sort of know when they're doing well, that they'll stay well. Yeah. Well, you can be more certain than be not, more can't certain, you? Yeah. I think the one person who was on the fence, so to speak, for quite some time was my brother, actually. But even that's shifted now. I've built up relationships with all of my family now. And I think the rebuilding is one of the critical things, and... That's why the aftercare process is so important. Yeah. You need because somebody to hold your hand. I can that go process. to rehab till I'm blue in the face. I went more than once. Mm. Way more than once. But it depends on why I'm going. Like, am I doing it just to get everybody off my back? Am I doing it to prove that I was right all along and it's not a problem? Am I doing it because I don't really have anywhere else to go and I need to save up a bit of money? Mm. All these other reasons. And also, when I've got through it, is it just... Well, I'm sober now, what more do you want? Yeah. But the real actual change in the way we behave, the personality, the way that we come across, just when we walk into a room, just walking into a room, you see something that you've not seen before when you see the person clean sober. That only happens when we do the aftercare stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that's when we start doing. Mm. And I've said this before as well, I used to sit in groups of various kinds over the years and expected to walk out of there just because I'd been sat in there and listened that my life was going to change and it's just not like that is it you know it's the application of change changing your routine changing your network how are you going to live your life on a day-to-day -day basis you can't just retain what you've learned and expect results you've got to like make it your lifestyle in a way lifestyle yes. change and I'm massive on that eating well exercise college work having a social network of safe healthy people it's mm. keeping good habits and keeping yourself doing things yeah that really helps you mm. keeps you moving forward and also i think for families that adapting to the way the person has changed isn't as difficult as you might think no not at all mm. but it is easy to it's happened so many times so yes think, oh, this time it's going to be the same yeah but you just got to try and trust the process mm. and hope that in the end they come out all right yeah, oh, that's, that's rehab speak if ever there was <laughs> trust the process <laughs> I say that every week when I see a group <laughs> and I do the walking through the door thing as well right this is you walking in when you were off your head this is you walking in when you're clean and sober which one do you want <laughs> going back to the UK detox bit are there really enough affordable services out there to provide treatment processes for anyone that wants it no 
not for anybody that wants it, unfortunately. I knew that was true. I just yeah. wouldn't know what your perspective was. <laughs> That's a part of my job that I can find quite frustrating at times, actually, yeah. Richard. Because I get a lot of calls from people that can't access the money to be able to pay to go to rehab. And even the ones that are most cost-effective. I mean, the cheapest rehab up and down the UK for four weeks is £6,000. For four weeks. For four weeks, the yeah. cheapest is yeah. six grand. Yeah. For well, someone at the end of their tether hasn't got six grand. No, but that's usually where families step in. Yeah, However, yeah. there is an option to put your name on a charity bed waiting list, but then you could be waiting a month to a year. And that does require some commitment, which would be ringing the rehab every day yeah. to show your willingness to go in. But no, Richard, there isn't. And what I try and do in that circumstance is point them in the direction of a local provider where they can attend day groups with their service yeah. and if they're at that point dependent on a substance I will help them to get some kind of medication for that at which point then they are able to go into a dry house scheme which is payable by housing benefit. Of course dry house schemes are a different thing aren't yeah. they? Yeah so there yeah. is another route it's just not as controlled and intense as what rehabilitation can provide for somebody. Absolutely and there's also the fact that there's no access to hospital detox anymore in the same way as there once was. No. You're hard pushed to get a detox for alcohol in hospital. If you get that, it's normally by fluke, isn't it? It's normally because you've had to go in because of something else. Uh, yeah. That's normally what precipitates it. Yeah. It's not the way it was even 15 years ago, where if you landed in A&E in that state, they took you in for two weeks and detoxed you. Yeah. That used to happen quite a lot back then, but it doesn't now. And I think it's important that the point is made that there are not enough services. No. That's not to dissuade anyone from trying to access rehab, but there's a lot of pyrotechnics that organisations like UK Detox or Changes or have to go through mm. if they're going to get someone in who hasn't got X amount of money. Mm. And I think it's something of an indictment on the society we live in that that is the case. Yeah. Because it's one thing to complain about drug-related crime or alcohol-related violence and then have no answer for why people are behaving like that Mm. way in the first place and nothing to deal with them that isn't punitive. Mm. Everything to deal with them is punitive. Yeah, and this is another thing that I struggle with because people see the surface then, don't they? Oh, somebody's committed Mm. a crime, they need to be punished for this. Well, actually, what was the build-up and the lead-up to that person being in that position in the first place? I think that's what's been an eye-opener for you this week, Owen, isn't it? Yeah. To see that behind every individual that's struggling, there's a story and how they got to that point. I know I certainly didn't wake up one morning and decide to ruin my life. No, um, neither did I. No, yes. and yet I ended up engaging in things that I never would in a million years in recovery mm. or before I'd fallen into drug addiction. Unfortunately, that's the path that comes with drugs and alcohol because you have to fund your habits somehow, don't you? Yeah by any means possible mm. and at the detriment and harm of yourself and, and anybody else. Oh yeah. You see people even like in Birmingham when they're at the traffic lights and they're asking people for money and they're walking up and down. That is last resort, that is. I mean I'm sure they've gone through their days of shoplifting, this, that and the other, but they're not able to do that anymore. And yet these people get shunned and deemed as the low lives of society when actually Rehab would solve a lot of those problems. Absolutely. Yeah, it would. It's just a cost, isn't it? Mm. However, it costs a lot less to run a rehab than run a prison. Yeah, that's true. i start on my political hot potatoes again. It does beg the question, doesn't it? (laughs) And now I'm going to open another can of worms. 
go on. In terms of the insight that you get from doing work experience with your mum, how does that compare to any drug and alcohol education you've got at school? Oh, it's awful. thing is, I have... I know it varies from school to school, but it, yeah. it's more the principle. So I have one lesson, it's called life skills, every two weeks. Is that the PSHE equivalent? Yeah. yeah, so I have one lesson every two weeks. Right. And every so often we'll talk about drug use, but it's always like the little minor bits. It's never how you can do a lot of things and it leads up to a certain result, which you obviously won't want. But we don't really get told about it enough, I don't think. I presume they don't talk about actual alcoholism or drug addiction? Not really, no. As a, a, they, a they health give issue? You, they give you an insight of what drugs there are, but not like how you can get addicted to alcohol and how you can get detox. There's, there's no, no... There's no awareness given to you. There's no awareness, no. Which really puts you in, in the shit when yeah. you're suddenly faced at a young age with a family member who's... Yeah, of course. You've yeah. seen addiction. And themselves. I know a lot of people my age that do drugs and alcohol, but they don't have a clue what it's going to do to them in the long run. Yeah, because I think uh, you're what, year 10 going into year yeah, 11? So I'm young. I think at your age, I would always take it as a given that you've probably made your own informed decision about yeah. what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Yeah. And there will be those who are using, drinking, even dealing. But they're easily led. Depending on the environment. And they don't know what they're getting into. I think it's the biggest point. But I think what I've taken from my life experiences as well is that I've seen it all, so I know what it does to people. Yeah. So I'll tell people, oh no, don't do that because I know what's going to happen. But they won't listen because they've never had a life experience and they don't know what's going to happen to them in the long run. So if any good has come from what I was involved in... It's me being aware of my surroundings. Because mm. I had no awareness, I genuinely didn't realise what I was getting myself into. And certainly not where it would end up. So if me going through all that could stop you from ever going down a similar route, then so be it. Then it's all been worth it just for that Absolutely. alone. Because it's just the most horrendous thing. For someone looking on the outside in, you know, when people say, well, just stop. If only. And if it was as easy as that, there would be no rehabs, would there? No, there'd be a lot of social problems wouldn't exist. No. But the social problems actually cause that it's a vicious circle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think that life experience is what ultimately gives us wisdom if yeah. we learn from it. And it more and more strengthens the case for the fact that the best way to deal with addiction of any kind is the sharing of life experience. Mm. I used to be a teacher, believe it or not. I can see you doing that, Richard. It was a while ago. I'm not planning on going back. (laughs) And I always used to refuse to teach the smoking lesson when I was teaching PSHE. I said, no, I won't do the smoking lesson because the kids all know I'm a smoker. They're not going to take that seriously. Oh, I see. And because the actual curriculum at the time, it was like, don't smoke or you'll die. You know, (laughs) that kind of PSHE lesson. When I was a senior manager and looking at the whole curriculum, it always struck me that the real way to handle PSHE would be to actually get life experience into the room. I worked in a very difficult area where we had a lot of involvement with the yacht team. And the thing that often came up from the kids about the yacht team was, well, they're just people with a qualification. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm. And I think when it comes to booze and drugs, they might not be listening to you now, but they might be in four or five years' time. Yeah, exactly. 
and it's about sharing that experience when it matters and sometimes we have to bank it and wait for when it matters mm. but there is certainly a case for expanding the sharing of life experience mm. because I don't think there's enough education around no, addiction and alcoholism and all the stuff in the media and I'm looking at a thing at the moment about Australia where they're banning alcohol in the whole city in the whole town and it's all negative Apart from the odd celebrity that wants a few column inches by saying they're in recovery, it's all negative. It's all a, as a punishment, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah, get drunk is. and do something stupid, they just punish you. It's not looking at how many times you got drunk or whether you're dependent on it. And how are your family supposed to understand you know, when someone can't stop getting smashed? No, only you can understand. Mm. It is difficult for people to comprehend that, mm. what you just said. But while it's difficult to comprehend full stop, there are ways of managing. There are ways of learning to manage, and there are ways of managing when the person cleans up and sobers up. And I think it's very sad that we don't have enough rehab provision mm. because it means that a number of people are going to die yeah. because of it. And, you know, me and you both know that that is the case in recovery. Yes. Um, recently, somebody that was in one of the dry house schemes that I was in yeah. um, four years ago, I think it was, probably a bit less than that he passed away came out somewhere and relapsing it happens time and time again doesn't it and you know and every time it happens it still has that shock factor mm. you know but bringing it back to the schools and stuff like i was always of the mindset when i was at school that i'll be all right that won't happen to me yeah but it does because everyone else is doing it you feel like just join in why not yeah. I certainly got that idea because when i was at university i thought i was just in the old drinking club but there was only me and this other guy who were members of every single drinking <laughs> club. And I was oblivious to it. Yeah. I didn't realise that it was only me. I thought it was everybody. I mean, I think especially with what you just... I like that then, Richard, because drink's socially accepted, isn't it, you see? Well, yes. So it's not as apparent as if you were to, say, use crack and heroin. Well, that's the other age. problem, though, isn't it? Because if it's crack and heroin, that right, send them to prison. Yeah. Whereas if it's booze, it's, oh, no, no, it's got a hand, it's, it's, uh, let's just find them. And also, people who are dependent on crack and heroin end up stealing. Yeah, a lot of alcoholics never have to. Yeah, It's a sad thing, but a lot of alcoholics <coughs> never actually have to do that. No. Whereas it goes with the territory, mm. with Class A's. I think the education thing's at the heart of it all, to be honest. And I think I would find it very dispiriting if I took a focus group of, say, 20 secondary school kids now and ask them all what they knew about this based on what they had from school. Because I think we'd hear from sort of three or four of them, this is what I've experienced outside, but the rest of them would just be, oh, all they do is tell us what not to do. When you're a teenager, well, when I was a teenager, being told not to do something every week meant I was going to go and fucking do it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that doesn't change, does it? No. You know, and there's no awareness of addiction or where it could end up. Because I didn't recognise for quite some time. I mean, I do in looking back now, but I could never just have one drink. Even mm. through my teen years, I had to get smashed every time. But because everybody else was as well, I never mm. recognised that it was a problem for me. But, but it was it, you that didn't stop. But it was me yeah. that didn't stop. But mine continued into adulthood, whereas everybody else sort of has the ability, should we say, to put it down. And as you know, in addiction and alcoholism, it picks up pace and it progresses, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And you don't have that ability that 
other people have to actually put down a drink or a substance. You become very mentally and physically dependent on it and quickly. And that becomes your focus then. I never understood that there was a, a... I struggled with my feelings and it's only from coming into recovery and having a clear head and being able to look back, I can identify mm. all of that now. Mm. Anything that I went through, I drank and used drugs through the lot of it. Do you think those of us that do come through that process are lucky for having that process? Yes. Because normies don't get it? No, it's life-changing. I think it's the same for families. I think it's the same for spouses, siblings, children, parents. I think that because the family has to recover too. Mm. It's not exclusive to the person. No, it's not. And our relationships are altered with our families because we're in recovery and it allows them to access that recovery as well. Yeah brings an air of peace actually and you notice things yourself like I'm going on holiday next April with my auntie and uncle and Owen and, yeah, and Owen and my cousin Jack she'd now, forgotten you for a minute yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know there was a time where I wasn't even allowed in their house Richard and they wouldn't yeah. even look at me and yeah. now she'd asked me to go on holiday with them so yeah. there's the, there's the <laughs> progression I say this all the time as well you get a progression with your consequences and your addiction just as you get a progression in your yeah. recovery if you stay in recovery yeah. And on that note, I think we've run out of time, just about, on what we agreed. Thanks. It does go quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. No, in everyone thinks. The oh. microphone becomes 17 feet tall when people come in here. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to knock me over and kill me. No, it isn't. <laughs> and every time you say, um, just magically disappears. Yeah, it's that's good, that is. Editing. Well, thanks very much. I wouldn't mind doing some more like that and, at some point. We'll do this again. Yeah, because yeah, we'll there's other again. services that I'm going to be working um, with. I'll explain more next week. But Yeah, we'll do it again, definitely. It's, I think it's important to highlight the lack of rehabilitation provision in this country. Yeah. And the fact that there are people who won't be able to access it other than by, by putting themselves on that list for a charity bed. Mm. And also, I think we should harp on forever about the fact that schools don't have the right provision for yeah. this. And that's not the school's fault. It's actually what the school is being expected to do by a higher authority in the school. Yeah. Schools can't just suddenly say, oh no, we're doing this instead. Yeah. Not that easy. It's more that it's a huge central issue about perception and about understanding and about it being punishment rather than rehabilitation. But without further ado, thanks very much Thank and you, uh, we'll see you again soon. <laughs> Ciao.